0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms.
1: We were not created for this life. We were created for eternity. This is why it is that we will never be satisfied by anything in this life. We will only be satisfied by Him in eternal life and so when we go through these things in this life the sufferings of this life the trials of this life we need but view them through the lens
0: of eternity today pastor jd teaches that you'll never be satisfied here in this life you'll only be satisfied by the lord in eternal life you were not created for this life but eternal life with the lord almighty Remember this when you face trials and tribulation. This life is not the end. There's so much more to come, which in turn will make today's struggles bearable. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 102 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Psalm 102 to Psalm 104,
1: 150 psalms in all, and started with Psalm 102, very interesting and encouraging psalm. We're told that it is a prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and pours out his complaint before the Lord. That's a pretty descriptive title, isn't it? Have you ever been overwhelmed? (laughs) Yeah, me neither. Let's just close in prayer and we'll (laughs) bring it to an end. What an encouraging psalm. Verse 1, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. That's a good prayer by the way. Have you ever found yourself praying in that way? Lord, hearken unto the voice of my cry, and please do not delay. Answer me swiftly. I need you to hear and answer my prayer now. Please don't take too long. (laughs) to answer my prayer. Verse 3, for my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned like a hearth. Almost sounds like he's physically ill and sick. Maybe he has a fever, as he describes here in verse 3. And by the way, we don't really know specifically what the situation is. Some commentators suggest that It's related to Israel after the Babylonian captivity, when the wrath of God had come upon the children of Israel for their disobedience and their rebellion. Others suggest that it has to do with the psalmist who's just afflicted, suffering, overwhelmed with the situation that he has, the set of circumstances in which he finds himself in his life. So verse 4 he says, My heart is stricken and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my bread. Sounds to me like he is so suffering so much that he just has absolutely no appetite. You ever been in a situation where the situation has been so perilous and so difficult, your heart so troubled that you just don't even feel like eating. You just don't have any appetite. Your soul is just so vexed. seems like this is what the psalmist is experiencing. Verse 5, Because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. To me this sort of sounds like his stomach is growling, because he hasn't eaten, and he's lost weight become thin. His bones now cling to his skin. Verse 6 is interesting, as is verse 7. He says, I am like a pelican of the wilderness. I am like an owl of the desert. Uh, There's a problem here, because pelicans aren't in the wilderness, nor are owls in the desert. What's the psalmist saying? I believe what he's saying is, Nothing is as it should be. Everything is, as we would say locally, kapakahi, (laughs) messed up, bus up, like the pelican being in the wilderness. A pelican ought not be in the wilderness. Things are not as they should be. Verse 7, it gets worse. By the way, take heart, it's going (laughs) to get better, but it's going to get worse first. Verse 7, I lie awake You can't sleep. Are you kidding me? How can you sleep when you're in such suffering and pain and agony? I lie awake and am like a sparrow alone on the housetop. Again, not as it should be because sparrows don't fly alone or are alone on the housetop. Verse 8, a little more detailed, My enemies reproach me all day long. Those who deride me swear an oath against me. So it appears that there are those who have made a vow that they will not cut their hair until they do away with this guy. For verse 9, I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of your indignation and your wrath. Here again, this is why some believe that this has to do with Israel and the wrath of God on the children of Israel. For you have lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like a shadow that lengthens, and I wither away like grass. But you, Lord, verse 12. Thank God for verse 12. (laughs) he turns a corner and changes the whole complexion of everything that he said up to this point but you O Lord shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her yes the set time has come it's time Lord Verse 14, For your servants take pleasure in her stones, and show favor to her dust. So, verse 15, The nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory, he shall regard the prayer of the destitute, and shall not despise their prayer. That's interesting. It sort of has this implication that there are prayers that God despises. There are prayers that God will shut his ear to. Such is not the case here, though. Verse 18, This will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created May praise the Lord. Some think this is a reference to the church yet future that would be created to praise the Lord, a people, a new people, the church. For 19, verse 19, He looked down from the height of His sanctuary, from the heaven the Lord viewed the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and His praise in Jerusalem. When the peoples, verse 22, are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord, He weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. I said, verse 24, O oh my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. The children of your servants will continue." and their descendants will be established before you. Interesting psalm. Psalm 102 is yet another one of those psalms that has the psalmist starting out with just such hopelessness and despair. The first 11 verses are so discouraging, so depressing, and by verse 12 he turns this corner and The despair and the hopelessness turns into this glorious praise to the Lord. What changed? His circumstances certainly haven't changed. He starts off the psalm with this graphic detail and this graphic description of how much he's suffering, the agony he's in, the pain he's enduring. And then come verse 12, He starts praising God, and yet nothing has really changed. The only thing that has changed is the psalmist. And the reason the psalmist has changed is because the psalmist is clinging to the promises of God, which are, he knows by faith, still, yet future. And I think that's the takeaway from the psalm. The takeaway from the Psalm is that we go through trials, we go through difficulties in this life, but God, He'll have the final word on whatever it is that we're experiencing in our lives as difficult as it is. And it's this, for lack of a better way of saying it, forward thinking, if you will. When you sort of fast forward the video, of these circumstances, to that time yet future when God will set up His kingdom, and He will reign in righteousness. It's this looking forward to heaven, and viewing everything in this life through the lens of eternal life that awaits. And that's what the psalmist is doing, and that's what changed in the psalmist's heart. To me, it's one of those Psalms that is a much-needed reminder of whatever we're going through in this life is easier to get through when we have heaven to look forward to. I love how G. Campbell Morgan said it. He said, There is nothing more calculated to strengthen the heart in suffering or inspire the Spirit with courage in days of danger and difficulty than the sense of the eternity of God. In it is to be found the certainty, certainty, that the purpose defeated today will yet be completed. In the vision of the eternity of God, there is revealed the continuity of humanity, and a great sense of the solidarity of the race is created. Let us set our limitations always in the light of His limitlessness. We were not created for this life. We were created for eternity. This is why it is that we will never be satisfied by anything in this life. We will only be satisfied by Him in eternal life. And so when we go through these things in this life, the sufferings of this life, the trials of this life, we need but view them through the lens of eternity. The Apostle Paul in Romans 8, what a great chapter Romans 8 is. Listen, Let me just say parenthetically, if you're really struggling, I would really encourage you to spend some time in Romans chapter 8. It is perhaps one of the most, if not the most comforting and encouraging chapters in all of the Bible when a Christian finds themselves discouraged. Right out of the chute, verse 1. We're told, Paul writes, by the Spirit, there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt to those that are in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to describe with great eloquence, again inspired by the Holy Spirit, how it is that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love that God has for us. You know, sometimes the enemy is successful in getting us to question the love that God has for us, especially when we're going through difficulty. God's mad at me. No, he's not. There's no no condemnation. All of the anger that God had, he put on his only begotten son because he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's not angry with you. God loves you so much. Yeah, but He's he's punishing me. He might be correcting you. But here's the thing. You know why He's correcting you? Because He loves you. He chastises those whom He loves. That's how you know you're a child of God. It's kind of like this. You're you're not going to spank somebody else's children. They're not your children. You're not going to discipline them. But your children, yes, you are going to discipline them. They're your children and so too with our Heavenly Father. He loves us so much, He will correct us. He will redirect us. And sometimes the suffering that we go through is self-inflicted. It's the consequences of our disobedience. And God in His love will correct us, chastise us, get us back on track. But here in verse 18, I want to read verses 18 through 25, Paul just, again, by the Spirit, ever so eloquently, ever so brilliantly draws this contrast between the sufferings that we go through in this life, the agony, the pain in those difficult circumstances that we encounter, we all face. And he compares that to what awaits. And there's no comparison. Listen to how he says it. He says, I consider that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. <laughs> I, I don't think you could say it any better than that, especially for those who are growing older, and I mean inwardly we're going, man, I can't wait for my new body. I cannot wait for the redemption, and our glorified body. Verse 24, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So let's get back to the psalmist here in Psalm 102. He starts off, with a graphic description of his present suffering. And then what changes by the time we get to verse 12 is he's made this comparison that the Apostle Paul is talking about to the glory that awaits. And what he finds himself doing is praising God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I know that this suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits. Psalm 103. This, we're told, is a psalm of David. Verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I want to just stop right there for for a moment. This is like Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, if you might remember, when we were going through those psalms. Uh, Unique to those psalms, and unique to how this psalm of David starts out. It's not self-talk like we understand it. It's more like talking to self. He's talking to himself. He's giving himself a good talking to. (laughs) And he's saying to himself, bless the Lord, O my soul. Now in Psalm 42 and Psalm 43, this is the talk that he's having with himself. He says to himself, O my soul, why are you so discouraged? What is going on with you? Why why are you so downcast? Put your hope in the Lord. You will have reason again to praise the Lord. He's given himself a good talking to. Kind of like you need to understand you're downcast, okay? Oh my soul, bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. You will have reason again to praise the Lord. He's really questioning himself. And sometimes I think we need to question ourselves. Don't do it in public. Because people will think you're crazy. Well, they already think you're crazy. But you need to sometimes just question yourself and have a good talking to yourself. Sit yourself down. Boy, sit down. We need to talk. What's up with you? <laughs> Why are you so bummed out? Why are you so downcast? What is going on? It hope in the Lord, put your trust in the Lord, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of weighed down, this is, this is kind of heavy, okay, don't be worried, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, put your trust in the Lord, put your hope in the Lord, I love it when David says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in the Lord, and guess what? When I put my trust in the Lord, I'm no longer afraid. You see how that it almost sounds uh, paradoxical, right? When I'm afraid, I trust in the Lord. And when I trust in the Lord, I'm not afraid. When I bless the Lord, I'm no longer discouraged. When I praise the Lord, when I put my hope in the Lord, when I put my trust in the Lord, it changes me. Paul says, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be anxious for nothing. Do not worry about Anything, not a single thing. It's a double imperative, I think is what they uh, refer to that as. Don't worry about a thing, not one single thing. Worry about nothing, no thing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. Stop right there. What? I have to let God know. I have to inform God of what's going I thought he knew everything. No, he does. Well, wait a minute. Why do I have to let him know? I mean, thing about prayer is, why do I have to ask God or even pray because he already knows what I need? No, no, no. Make it known to him. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He's
0: omniscient, all-knowing. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.